today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. When you understand, I think about the Apostle Paul saying, don't be ignorant with the wiles of the devil. I love the King James on that. The devices of Satan. Don't be so naive. Don't be ignorant. He is strategizing. He's got all of these tactics and strategies, and they're literally hell-bent on your destruction. Satan has one goal, and that's to destroy anything that will bring pleasure to the Lord. He comes like a prowling lion only to kill, steal, and destroy. He studies you just like a lion studies his prey. Today, Pastor J.D. boldly reminds you to not be so naive because Satan wants nothing more than to see you destroyed. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Titus chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. They know when I'm discouraged and exhausted and fatigued and tired and down. And they wait for that time. They also wait for you, me, us, to be isolated, to get alone. Because see, when you're assembled together, you're kind of protected. And it's very interesting, too, with the armor. I always wondered about this. I never really understood this as a young believer. You know when Paul says, above all, take ye up the shield of faith? wherewith you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now at first read, it would almost seem as if Paul is saying, of all of the pieces of the armor, metaphorically, the shield of faith is above all of them. That's not what he's saying. And they would have understood this, because in that day, the soldier would take his shield which, by the way, was dipped in water, a picture, a type of the Word of God. And they would take and take it up above all and lock tongue in groove with the soldier next to them, creating an impenetrable fortress with which to extinguish the weapons of their warfare in that day, which were these arrows that were lit on fire and then fired, and then they would hit, and here's the shield, impenetrable fortress, and it would just hit it, put it out, extinguish it, and fall to the ground. Now watch this. So you get this Christian, and he kind of leaves the, forsakes the assembling of himself, herself, together. And now they're a a sitting duck. Satan's like, go, we got him. Because he doesn't have the, the fortress above all, tongue and groove, locked together. When Satan gets a Christian alone, he's got him. He's got him. And he studies us, he stalks us, He strategizes, and he waits for the optimum time. You know, I was uh, thinking about this this last week. It's it's really chilling because, you know, the 
account of when Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil tempted him. We're only told about that one time. I don't think that was the only time the devil tempted Jesus, right? There's this one detail in that account that has always stuck with me, and it's in Luke's account of it. And he says that the devil left and was going to wait for a more optimal time to return. I don't want to hear that. Wait, <laughs> I, just, I just resisted the devil and he has fled. He's going to come back? Oh yeah. And think about this. After that, don't you let your guard down? <laughs> that was close. The devil's like, okay. I'm sorry, this is, this is the way my mind is wired. And I, and I probably should have asked Artie about this before. But you know when you're uh, driving in traffic and there's a, you know, a, what they call a speed trap? And, and when you see those lights, you know, <laughs> what, what's your reaction? That means you're speeding. If you were driving the speed limit, you wouldn't have that reaction, right? Let's just be honest, we're in church. So <laughs> you come around that corner, you see that light. <laughs> right? Am I right? And then the sudden relief when you see that they've already got somebody pulled over. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Is it just me or do you look at them when you drive by? You're like, oh, <laughs> glad that's not me. And then you pass them and you think, wow, that was close. And you start speeding up. And there's another one. And they get you. I'm not likening police to Satan, but <laughs> you think you get the point? It's just an illustration, okay? You let your guard down. You think, wow, that was a close one. And the enemy's going, I knew he would do that. Because I study the map of his life, and I know that he does that. He thinks, man, I, that was a close one. Now get him now, because he's not expecting it. He's not expecting that. That's the will of the devil. He wants to slither in, stealth, under the radar, covertly, and he starts his campaign, his whisper campaign. And he wants, and by the way, and again, bear with me on this. He wants to come in, and he wants to divide and conquer. And we're not just talking about the church, we're talking about in every arena of life. I was talking to our social media team about this, and we were trying to come up with, you know, what do we do? We've got people on social media, on the new website, on the forum, and they are just, I mean, these are trolls. I mean, they're, they're posting stuff that is just vile and foul, and they're, 
They, they're looking for a fight. And I mean, so I, I told them, I said, on the forum particularly, just, just two warnings using Titus and Matthew as well. And then you block them and you delete them. And, and here's the way I explained it. Just like I would never let anybody come into this church that would pose a threat or a harm to you, I'm not going to let anybody just come into my home and start causing problems. You're, I'm, I'm going to deal with you. I'm not just going to let anybody go on to our Facebook page or our YouTube channel or other social media platforms, certainly not the forum on the website and start causing division, they're gone. i got to protect that. And the same thing with the church, with the family, with the marriage. When you understand, I think about the Apostle Paul saying, don't be ignorant with the wiles of the devil. I love the King James on that. The devices of Satan. Don't be so naive. Don't be ignorant. He is strategizing. He's got all of these tactics and strategies, and they're literally hell-bent on your destruction. He wants to destroy the church. He wants to destroy your marriage, because the marriage is a microcosm and a type of our future marriage to Jesus Christ as the bridegroom. And the family. He hates the family because of what the family represents. It's a microcosm of our Heavenly Father. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're the bride of Christ. It's the family. It's a microcosm, and he hates that. We're we're a church family, right? A church ohana. And he hates that because of what it represents. When Paul writes of the Galatians in chapter 5, Verses 14 and 15, I mean, talk about in your face. He says, verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. You don't think Satan knows Galatians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15? Oh, there you go. Romans 16th chapter, verses 17 and 18. I mean, he's pleading with them. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way, that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. And here's the thing about Christians. There's an innocent naivete We're so trusting. And we do err greatly when we're that way, because we need to be as harmless as doves, but as shrewd as servants. 
shrewdest serpents. That's where spiritual discernment comes in. And never imagine for a moment that God is not going to rush in and give you the discernment because He wants to protect you. And, and sometimes it, it comes like this, and never go against this. There's going to be just an uneasiness, a check in your spirit. Something's not quite right. Can't put my finger on it. This is kind of weird. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, I, they, they said this to me, and when they approached me, and it made me very uncomfortable. Good. That's a good thing. Be on guard. Watch out. I think about in the book of Acts when Paul, I mean, I don't know what your picture of the Apostle Paul is, but I see this mighty man of God who cried a lot. (laughs) He cried like a man. (laughs) I mean, he talks about how that he knows after he leaves in his parting words, his farewell message, he says, I know what's going to happen. And I, I can't even stand the thought of it. In fact, for three years, day and night, I have wept over this. Wept over what? There are going to be from within your own midst, wolves in sheep's clothing, and they're not going to spare the flock. I know what's going to happen. And he's doing all he can, the best he can, to warn them about what he knows is coming upon them. It's not, is it going to happen? No, it's going to happen. The question becomes, are you going to be aware of it when it does, so that you can discern it? and deal with it. Proverbs chapter 6. I saved, not the best for last, actually the worst for last, if you don't mind. (laughs) Verses 16 through 19. Let me preface this before I read this passage by saying that more than the church, protecting the church, loving the church. This is so serious because it's an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Well, it's pretty strong, Pastor. It needs to be. Think this through with me. Again, by way of a preface. God knows firsthand what can happen in heaven. Lucifer division, discord. I will ascend my throne above the Most High. The first church split was in heaven, as it were. I've tried to, and thankfully I've never had to taste from this bitter cup. I know many of you have, but I've tried to imagine. My parents stayed married to their credit, until they died, till death do us part. I've never tasted from that cup of divorce as a child, having your parents divorce and split. I do know that 
it's devastating. And I would argue that that's one of the main reasons God hates divorce, because of what divorce does to the divorced. I mean, you ruin children's lives for basically the rest of their lives, but by the grace of God. It's so traumatic. I can't even imagine. Now, I have tasted in a, in a different way of that same dynamic, as far as church splits, when I was on the mainland. And it just was so, it tore me apart to shreds because of what it did to the people that were caught up in it. And again, by way of a preface, this is why God hates this. This is why it's an abomination to Him. This is why it is so serious. I would even say life and death serious. One last thing, and then we'll read the passage, but uh, I want you to think through this with me. Do you realize that many young people who are now adults that want nothing to do with the church or the Lord, do you know why? This. This. They watch their parents and people in the church devour each other. And, and you blame them for not wanting anything to do with the Lord when they see that? Verse 16, Proverbs 6, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to Him. You ready for the list, verse 17? And I want you to notice something here as we go through this. A proud look, that's where it always starts, pride. If you, as we go through this list, if you put pride at the beginning of it, it explains the rest of it. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil. Notice the comparison to the eyes, the mouth, the hands, the heart, the feet, the body. A false witness who speaks lies. And you know what the seventh one that is an abomination is to God? The one who sows discord among the brethren. That's why. That's why this is so serious. I want to close with something that I sense the Lord would have me to share, especially for the benefit of those who have, I'm going to use this word sort of carefully and prayerfully, victimized by this. You've been on the receiving end of this. You've firsthand witnessed this. You've been very hurt by this. I have a word for you, and it's a word that God gave me to get me through some very painful experiences in this regard. 
I held on to and withheld, really, forgiveness. I held on to bitterness because of what had been done, the division that was caused, and the lives that were ruined. And I couldn't let it go, and it was eating me up from the inside out. And finally, God broke through and ministered to me this life-changing truth, and it changed everything. It's not what they did to you. It's what I did for you. Oh, I was able to forgive. Because I've been forgiven. Get your eyes off of what they did to you. Because if you don't, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill you. I mean, physiologically, there's research medically and physically, what happens to your body, your digestive system, your cardiovascular system, your nervous system, all of the, and God knows that. If you harbor, that's why the writer of Hebrews says, don't let bitterness take root and germinate and sprout. No root of bitterness, because it will defile you. It will eat your lunch. That's a very loose paraphrase, but I think you get the point. So when I realized that and came to grips with that and accepted that, yeah, you know, (laughs) it's not like Oswald Chambers once said, it's not have I been wronged, it's have I wronged. And oh, by the way, I've wronged, (laughs) and so have you. (laughs) We've all sinned, and God has forgiven us. Forgive us, O Lord, our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. That's how. If you're having a hard time forgiving somebody, just allow the Lord to minister to you all that He's forgiven you of. And it will become an easy do. I know I make it, it's it's kind of a silly illustration, but it's like the Lord emails me and says, I have a file I want to attach. It's a very large file of all of the things that I have forgiven you of. In fact, you're going to need more than four terabytes for this file. (laughs) I got it, Lord. No need. I got it. It's not what's been done to you. It's what Jesus did for you. Let it go. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the book of Titus together. When Paul wrote the book of Titus, he wrote that truth might be taught in order to grow the people's faith. It isn't the paint color on the walls or the carpet on the floor that matters in the church. What matters is that the Word of God is being taught so that all might believe. Are you being taught and dwelling on truth today? If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this Titus series, you'll be able to find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Maybe as you've been listening today, you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible and you may even attend church. But have you surrendered your life to Christ? 
If not, today's the day to make that change. If you're not sure where to start, please visit calvarychapelkaneohe.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is important. We also encourage you to be part of a church. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for being part of today's listening audience. Join us next time on In Spirit, In Truth. Ooh